Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about the dark minds, red hats, and the most recognizable guest cameo you may ever see in your life. I am Beth Alderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing on this a very special day? Tomorrow's my birthday. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing well, okay. I, I was actually, well, I mean, of course, happy birthday. I was talking about that, but I was also talking about this, the special day, the debut of Hook. Uh, amazing. I do like that he didn't, uh, you know, like when I was watching it, you don't get the full brunt of, hey, he's going to be with you guys for a while. It definitely didn't seem like we were going to see... I don't know. I don't know what I thought when I first saw him, but this was not the grand entrance that I thought he made. Uh, so interesting. So we'll talk about it, but, um, I missed him so much and I'm glad that he's back because that amount of eyeliner brooding and suppressing of an accent is just, (laughs) yes, we are talking about season two, episode three, four, four, the crocodile. And it is the debut of one captain James hook who is presented as a, as I said in the intro, as a, like a guest role, but everyone fell in love with him right away. And it's like, Guy Liner, come on, we've got this. And he eventually becomes a key part of the show. So this is the very beginning of that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cause they were just like, anyway, here he is. See you later. We'll never see you again. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Hold on. No. Hold on. <laughs> um, before we get started, uh, I do want to, we had a little bit, uh, you might have noticed a little bit of a delay last week, and I apologize for that uh, without getting into, uh, you know, a lot of details because it's, it's still hard. Uh, we ended up, we had a medical emergency with one of our cats, Bender, had to take him to the hospital, and unfortunately, he did not make it. Um, and it's been a tough couple days, uh, but we're getting through it together. And I uh, just wanted to share with you guys, because I know we've talked about Bender a lot on the podcast and on our previous show, Shark Jumping. He was a big part of it, and we do miss him. So just wanted to let you guys know. Bender's a stud. I will drink one for you, Beth. I'm having my, <laughs> to, to transition out, my birthday gift from my sister-in-law was a tall, uh, cool, coolie, I don't know what you call it, like a koozie, but it's like a Yeti kind of situation. But it's specifically mm-hmm. tall and skinny 
four white claws and trulies <laughs> to really round out the white girl winter I'm planning to have. So uh, I will take a drink for you because I know that I not even imagining how you can deal with this without booze. So yes, we will miss Bender, but we will carry yes. on. I've got a, a Fanta orange flavor because um, I've been craving orange like nobody's business. I've got a bunch of oranges at home. I got orange juice and I got my Fanta. I and my San Pellegrino orangina. Like I've got everything orange. Oranges so, all the time. So to tra- I mean, uh, as a, another good transition, that's a lot of vitamin C. You know what having not a lot of vitamin C does? It gives you scurvy. You know who gets scurvy? <laughs> Pirates. Pirates. Anyway. <laughs> Well, we're actually, so I actually thought we could save the Rumple and the Crocodile and Captain Hook's origin story for yes. later on because it, that's a happy place. And I want to end us on a happy place because the rest of this episode is, is not a happy place. Oh, this and I want to, I want to get, I want to get it out of the way. Oh my God. This is like an airport terminal. There's a lot to unpack, guys. Holy shit. Yeah. So the storybook story, which by the way, we don't see Emma. We don't see Mary Margaret. No. And we don't see Regina in this episode. No, but For we the do first see time, I think. We do see Charming in a tank top doing we five do. seconds. He does. So we'll get to it. Never mind. Sorry. We'll get to my joke about that. But yeah. Yeah. First, we're going to open on a, a truly cringeworthy uh, opening scene. I mean, it made more sense in a little bit of context, but initially. Ugh, Nick, you know, pulling the collar a lot. Pull, I was pulling watching the diamond that. Just, necklace. I was watching that going, what's happening? Oh my God, Beth's going to be furious. And then it was just like, it. the twist happened. I was like, oh, Beth's still going to be pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, I was, I was furious either way. It did not make a difference. So we see Rumple and Belle in uh, Mr. Gold's shop. And he's giving her a present. And it's a beautiful diamond necklace. And she's like, oh, what's this for? It's, I love it. It's so great. And. I'm so happy that you've changed and you're better. And she uses the word like changed. You're not that man anymore. You, you're different. You fixed yourself. I fixed you. She uses those phrases so many times in this episode in both this opening scene, which we find out is a dream sequence and in real life. Like this girl is delusional. This is full-on Stockholm Syndrome in in a way that people thought Beauty and the Beast was, but it wasn't. Listen, like, again, you should never go into a relationship trying to fix a person. The person's the person, whatever. If they they move on from that phase or that's a whole different thing. You're never trying to fix a person and change them into the mold that you would like them to be in. But even if you do, you don't tell them. Just like, I'm so glad that you've changed in a way that makes me happy to stay with you and doesn't make me cry at night all the time. Thank you for changing every facet of your human being uh, to be part to be part of this. And yay, jewelry. Like, that, that is just the story of a person who ends up getting cheated on and doesn't know why. Uh, don't do this. Don't do this, guys. It's never good. Yeah, and in Rumpel's case, it's not cheating so much as it's uh, transforming into Rumpel's skin and choking the shit out of Leroy, who just wanted his ex back. Well, to be, I, I'm not going to defend uh, Rumpel on this, but I will just say that it was very aggressive move for, you know, it's just like Leroy comes bursting through the door. It's just like, where is my ex? Give it to me. And then it takes a hard left turn into what the hell, because it's just like, I'll give you back your ex. I will bury it in your skull. It's like... Which we then find out 
that this is a dream sequence. So Belle has some like, Belle is terrified of Rumpelstiltskin, the dark one. If this is a dream she is having. And also apparently she knows who Leroy is or the dwarves at least, which I was not under the impression that she was anywhere the realm of Snow White because I'm pretty sure well, when they meet it's for the first time to be fair he's also asking for an axe when she would be asking for a pickaxe so maybe her version of what she thinks or knows about him or kind of I did either way again yeah you're right doesn't know what pancakes are but knows who Leroy is sure, <laughs> sure. yeah so so and she wakes up it is late in the night. She is wearing a, 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 her, okay, so, I, I have a complicated feelings about Belle's wardrobe in this episode. Okay. Because on one hand, they are gorgeous. She yes. has amazing outfits. And this girl has style. Natural style. And she was... Locked up for twenty eight years in a medical robe, she's gonna want to. She's gonna want to experiment. But at the same time, given that she's been isolated for so long, and that she's still learning the ropes, it. I can't tell if this is really her expressing herself or it's Rumple dressing her up like a doll, and the fact that her nightgown is basically a slip like I, I i get very i i get very weird uncomfortable vibes where it's like all she's wearing right now are shifts and giant wedge giant platform heels <laughs> and then giant sweaters because apparently she gets cold in those slips uh yeah, yeah no i i have a very complicated uh, view on Belle this entire episode like I feel like my whole my eyes have been open to Belle looking at this from the beginning now because I did the math here not really math math but it was just one of those Belle is an emotionally stunted woman because and and like she has spent probably I don't know arguably well over 40 years at this point in captivity not talking to people, being fed through the slit in the door. And she was only, like, interacting with Rumple for, like, a week and a half. And then we get what happens in the rest of the episode. Belle is not a person. Belle likes books because she's been in captivity, so she likes books. I mean, she liked books beforehand, but whatever. She just, she has no agency. She doesn't really have a personality. She's glommed on to the first man that caught her when she fell down a ladder. I have very, I was never, like, vigorously anti-Rumplebill. I'm getting there. I'm being radicalized against Rumplebill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I totally feel that. And it's it's a little... It's kind of uncomfortable to watch this storyline play out in real time with the hindsight that we have, knowing where it's going to go, all the horrible directions it's going to take, and then just seeing how poorly she's written. And it's it's a disservice to uh, Emily DeRabin, who is a good actress, and she's very pretty, and 
she has a nice personality and she's very charismatic, but the story doesn't do her justice. It turns her into a prop. She is a reflection. It's 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 so bad that in this dream sequence, you can't tell that it's a dream because this is how she acts no, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's just like this isn't a dream. This is real. Oh, it's a dream. All right. <laughs> uh but yeah, she but this cuts to my <laughs> Again, things you don't do in a healthy relationship when you're not living with your partner uh, is you go spy on them in the middle of the night and make judgment calls based on what you see them doing. Um, yeah, because she she goes outside in her, her night shift and uh, she sees Rumpel spinning straw into gold and then using that gold to make potions. And so naturally she's like, okay, I saw him bring magic back to this world, but I didn't think he'd use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just like so she's now mad she's mad from what she saw in from a window in a bush because yeah. she was she woke up mad from a dream she woke up mad that her boyfriend cheated on him or on her so now she's mad at him in daytime uh this is the it's just it's tropey but at the same time it's also like feeding towards the fact that Belle is not like i said before she's not she's never had a per- a chance to become a full-grown person like, and Rumpel has been keeping her in this house. She hasn't been seeing anybody. She hasn't been exploring the town. She's not getting a chance to, you know, live her life. You know, she's been taken out of the mental institution and then brought just to Rumpel's house. She's she she is she talks about herself as a kept woman, and that's true. Oh, that made my skin crawl so. <laughs> Just like couching, just couching it so hard, Belle. Uh, no, but at the same time, think about it. I mean, like she went to live with Rumpel, mostly out of, of like a flight of whimsy. Like they had a whole different plan, and then it was just like, yes, I will go because you know I am going to do what women everywhere can't do. And it was just like, is this what women everywhere can't do? Is be held captive for the better part of their adult life and never grow past this flight of fancy? Because at no point has Rumpel shown her. Uh, he, until this episode, never told her anything personal. She knows nothing about him. She just, it's like falling in love with a guy that rides a motorcycle because he's gorgeous. And then being like, I want to date you, but I also can't date guys that wear uh, drive motorcycles. So I'm going to need you to just stop that. And he's like, we're still at the gas station. What are you talking about? <laughs> So right, yeah. well, anyway, so yeah, so she confronts him the next day and is like, "What have you been up to? I saw that you know, what do you come clean, be honest? You're not that man anymore, are you?" And he won't, he won't, he's not explaining himself to her. Now, granted, he's not exactly being very endearing, and he's also a horrible person. Oh, he's a monster. But Belle, I mean, what did you expect was going to happen? I don't. Like, at any point, can you really be surprised by Rumpel's actions when he's done nothing else than these actions? News at 11. Two toxic people interacting with each other doesn't go well. <laughs> like, I, I, again, I'm, I'm with you. I love the actress that plays Belle. I, I have different feelings of her. Like, I think once she, like, evolves a little bit, I feel like at some point she gets to strike out on her own. She gets to the library. She does the whole thing. But it is all weighted down in so much BS that like you can't separate that for her and it bothers me so yeah but yeah rumple's acting like an ass she's being you know she's like someone texted you who's katie 
it's my it's my assistant. She's letting me know about a meeting. She sounds hideous. Well, she does end up leaving him and uh, goes to strike out on her own. This is Belle, freedom girl, on the move. But before we get to her grand adventures that last about 10 minutes, uh, we have the dwarves and David doing a dig, 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 dig for reasons. I mean, they're going. I know that they're looking for fairy dust, but they don't really explain it at this point. They're just digging to have something to do. So my favorite part about this is the fact that it cuts to thirst trap David and his, he's all sweaty and <laughs> yes. he's, and he's, he's, I'm working on the railroad all day long. Here we go. Um, he, he immediately stops. Like the moment someone starts talking to him, he puts the pickaxe down and it, it reminded me of all those stories of people who do like home renovation shows on HGTV where they're like, they're real, they're gorgeous. They're like a gorgeous couple. Like this isn't anybody specifically, uh, but like, you know, it's always like they're a gorgeous couple or they're these people that like help renovate and everything. They show up for the, the, the day that they're doing renovations and then they like nail a couple things and then they leave. But there's just like so much B-roll footage of them doing this stuff, but they've done nothing. That's what this felt like to me. The dwarves are doing all the work. David came in and is like, I helped. Now I'm going to go be a sheriff for 10 minutes and super help. You're welcome. So You're welcome, I have everyone. I have a theory, and there's no way it's accurate, but it's just funny to me, so I'm going to share it. I already subscribed. Tell me all about it. So my theory is uh, David, the actor who plays David, Josh Dallas, uh, took one look at the first promo pick for Hook, who was making his debut in this episode, and is like, oh, shit. I got to do a little thirst trap here because I've got some competition now. And I didn't before. Oh, my God. Have you seen the dwarves, guys? Come on. Come on. I love the idea that there's like an early 2000s battle royale going on between like emo pirate guy and then like clean cut boy band guy. (laughs) Like Your demographics are different. It's okay. You can both exist. I love that theory, by the way. It's just like... uh, Oh, what's his name? Colin, uh, what's, what's his last name? It starts with, it's an O, O'Donohue or something like that. Uh, I like the idea yes. that he came in covered in eyeliner and a leather jacket and every man on set panicked. No. <laughs> Shit. Just, just like him in August is just making everybody question everything about what they've done. Like they're doing push-ups off screen. Um, because, oh, and by the way, uh, I saw he's going to be, the, the guy that plays Hook is in some sort of Discovery, let's all go to the moon movie, or show, or something, TV series. He plays like a astronaut. Anyway, sorry, oh, we've been really hot. into space in my house. He's just hot, doesn't matter what he does. Eyeliner, no eyeliner, he, he rocks it. Uh, but yes, I, yes. So I subscribe to this theory 100%. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, and Ruby brings brings uh, Henry some food and and takes a moment to uh, do eye candy at David, which I don't blame her at all. No, and also her out- her outfit this in this episode just made me hate the fact that I'm no longer in my early twenties because I would want to wear this so much and I can't anymore. Uh, I'm turning thirty five tomorrow, Beth. I'm officially mid thirties. I agree. <laughs> You're just Welcome like, to the club. I'm just like, why, <laughs> Ruby? No, you make. I want my hair to be long again. I want to just, I, you know. And then you're, yeah. It's a whole situation, especially like when we meet Rumple's wife later, where I'm just like, oh, I could pull up really dark long hair. I can't. I've never not been blonde, but uh, <laughs> and a waist cincher that makes her waist like 14 inches. What the fuck? Yeah, she's like, she only has a couple of lines because she can't breathe. 
Uh, yeah, no, I loved Ruby's everything about what was going on yeah. with Ruby this weekend. And um, spoiler alert, I'm slowly starting to subscribe to the the Ruby Bell, Red Bell, or whatever the the, the ship name is of Ruby and and Bell because we talked about this on the Patreon episode where we talk about fandom, uh, where we talk about the ships. I'd never heard of this ship, but it's the idea that like Ruby is the better beast. And they have a better relationship. And you know what? This episode, 100% sold me. I already oh, kind of yeah. liked it. 100% sold me. Someone's going to introduce to me what pancakes are. I will marry you. Marry you. I've never had pancakes. <laughs> Please. Let's go. Let's go away together. More iced tea. This way. <laughs> yes, because Ruby returns from her errand uh, to find Belle, who's been chugging down some iced tea. And Ruby, you know, being the nice awesome amazing and and very romantic person that she is just starts chatting with Belle, gets her story finds out Belle has been just uh, abused and locked away for her whole life and just does not know any better and so ruby is like hey let's find you a job you can stay at the inn granny's totally not gonna care maybe you can sleep in my room no big whatever it's all good it's fine it's fine i mostly curl up at the foot of the bed anyway Get it? Oh, get, it. get it? I do like this. This is, by the way, the kind of female empowerment we need. Like, this is just really, it's not really highlighted. There's not like a, you know, there's not like a an, an Infinity War will take him scene of every woman in the Marvel Universe staging forward. This is a nice moment where another woman sees another woman. And again, she is a werewolf, so I'm going to guess she could also smell fear radiating off, radiating off of Belle like just a heat lamp. Uh, but it was just like, hey, what's going on? Oh, I've never had iced tea before. And Ruby immediately goes, who is this person? What is happening? And tries to get her a job, tries to get her on her feet. Because you know what? Sometimes at a certain point, you can't do those things for yourself and you need a helping hand. And Ruby doesn't even think twice. Yes. 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 So she uh, steers Belle toward the library because... Belle has no personality in the show except Rumple and books. And so she heads to the library. She can't get in because it's locked, of course. And so she's like looking behind, and like the one little corner that she can look through and sees like 47 year old books and just. Ah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this was not the look the scene on her face. Was, this was just like. <laughs> I so love- ridiculous. This has this is the best expectations versus reality. Like expectation, the scene from Beauty and the Beast where he has her close her eyes and she opens them and it's more books than are that are currently published and they're everywhere and there's ladders and there's staircases and it's 14 rooms deep full of books and books and books and it's just I want to live and die here. I never want to come out of this room. The real world version is you're just peeking in at a room going, there's dusty books in there. Oh my God, I haven't read all these books. Like, that's the... I also do, by the way, appreciate the idea that Ruby's like, you should go get a job at the library. It's definitely right over there because Ruby has never been in. So she has no idea that it's not open, staffed, or anything. She's like, I don't know, there's books over there. Shit, who knows? Yeah, it's like... And, and you you got to wonder, like, it's been closed for a long time, so... Who can? Who has the authority to open it? Is it Regina? Because we haven't seen her for a while. Is it City Council? We haven't heard from them since like early season one. So it's really unclear who has the authority 
<laughs> Where's the charter? We need the town charter to reopen the library. I I also like that there's this like very uh, valuable piece of land in the very center of town underneath the clock tower that is being unused. This is like, it's very much like a video game where you haven't quite gotten to that point yet. So they have like people standing outside be like, oh, you can't go in here. Because this, there's no way that this would have been this unoccupied for this long. Because apparently it's also, it also has an apartment complex right above it. It's fine. Yeah, that you apparently can live in for free if you're the librarian. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of very convenient steps. And we're going to get there. But anyway, so yeah, she heads to the library and then in pops this dude with a red hat. Let's just call him Smee because that's who he is. And he's just <laughs> asking her these really weird questions. Just like, hey, how's it going? Are you, are you waiting for somebody? You got any money? Are, no? Cool. Are you, are you alone? Good, because I'm going to kidnap you. This was unnecessary. Did no one see this? This was unnecessary. I hated every second of this. Like, Belle... Is const first of all, Belle is constantly being just like abducted and kidnapped over and over. Uncool. But also, yes, like you said, we're in the center of town. It's twelve thirty. Actually, it's probably not even that. It's probably like nine thirty in the morning. Someone's walking down the street to go to Starbucks in uh Storybrook. Oh, who's that lady? Oh, she's being drug away by the guy in the hat. That's probably normal. I'm gonna go get us some bruschetta. Yes. Biscotti and, and like, bruschetta, sorry. You you'd think that the dad might be with him or Smee could just go, hey, you're Belle, right? I know where your dad is. Would you like me to take you to him? Like the whole kidnapping thing doesn't serve a purpose. No. And it's really weird because all it does is just cause more mistrust with Belle, which she does not need. No. Because yeah, she ends up in the ga- uh, Game of Thorns. Sorry. <laughs> Game of Thorns flower shop. <laughs> yeah. And it's her dad, Maurice, who like, who was like a king or a lord or something. Unclear, yes. Mm. Had money. And he's just like, hey, I'm your dad. Isn't it great? You know, you, we, we're free. You don't have to see Rumple anymore. And she's like, don't tell me what to do. I love him, daddy. You don't he even changed. know. He's, he's a better man now. I love him and he loves me and we're going to go be be writers together and we're gonna go live in new york in soho and it's gonna be fine (laughs) then we get another example of someone being god-awful because the dad his first response is oh you're still talking to rumple okay well then i'm gonna erase your whole memory so that you don't remember any of us that's what a real that's what a dad does when he loves his child everything about this upsets me now didn't rumple beat the shit out of this guy yep like huh i mean he he has re- he has legit reason multiple okay. reasons i'm just i'm to, just making sure rumple. i'm i'm remembering this is who he beat nearly to an absolute pulp yes yes but still it's it's the the removal of agency from bell that just infuriates me where it's just she has no anything because it's just like she's like no i don't want to do that but then they like again abduct her and they're going to take her memories she doesn't have memories her memory was nothing she was just a person being kept regina didn't even grant her one like she was just a lady who lived in four by four walls and did not complain that was what her memory was really her 
her having a mild attraction to a guy with more power than anyone's understood in the entire world is a problem? Sure. Like, if this guy sucked so much, I feel like he would have seen a better version of this. You know, be like, you know what? It's good that we've got the dark one on our side. He seems like the good kind of son-in-law to have. Or, better option, tell Belle, hey, that guy nearly killed me like three weeks ago. He took me to a, he kidnapped me, like I did to you, but you know, it's different, whatever. Took me to a cabin. And beat me within an inch of my own life. Is that the person you want to really be spending your time with? I'm just asking. So, because here's what would happen if that happened. It would be like, why would he have done that? Because he thought that I got you killed and and you committed suicide. So he was he was doing that because he thought I had wronged you. Oh, this nice. See, there is good in him. <laughs> Like, uh, Belle, Belle, Belle just might be beyond help. Belle maybe, has, maybe that's what Maurice needs to realize. His daughter is beyond saving. Belle's logic is flawed at best. But yes, so he decides he's going to... In a very convoluted way, by the way. There, this was a convoluted plot to the nth degree. Yeah, he he has me take her to the mines and, and, and chain her to a mine car. It's like, sorry, not sorry. You're just gonna go beyond the town line in the car, and you're gonna lose all your memories. Okay, bye. This is, and this we're just is gonna leave the you there. Apparently, hmm? we're just gonna leave her there. Like no one's there waiting for her to come back. Like she's just gonna like lose her memory and be beyond the town lines, chained to a handcart. Yeah, I, I guess they're just assuming she's just gonna stop at the other end, hopefully without crashing, and then they'll just pick her up later, like in an hour. Mines lead somewhere, though. Could you imagine it was just like, I don't know, like 7.30 in the evening one day and you're just like, I don't know, let's say, arguably, a few hundred miles from Storybrooke and you're just like, oh, there's something going on in the mines. It's a woman chained to a cart. Like, <laughs> just It just keeps going and going like a runaway cart. Anyway, yeah, this is, yeah. This is so a weird starts, plan. Yeah, so he starts the car and then leaves. So then she's racing down, she's screaming, she's... Trying to find, she finds the key, tries to escape, but does not work. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, 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 that magic she does not like saves her life. I'm not, I don't want to put it like that. I feel like I, 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 I was going to say, I, I feel like I'm getting on the verge of victim blaming Belle. And that's not fair. I think Belle conceptually is a victim, but I think the writing is not doing a good job of portraying that. So I will agree with you. There's a weird line you have to dance with Belle. And I thought about this while I watched the episode. Where I want to be mad at Belle. I really do. But then I have to remember and do all the back history stuff. And remember, like I said in the beginning, she is a stunted human being. She cannot be expected to make rational choices. That much captivity is not good for you. <laughs> Like, I I want to say, arguably, the place she was staying in Storybrooke was probably better than whatever Regina was keeping her in. She probably hadn't seen light in years until she had to go to the mental asylum or whatever she was in in Storybrooke. So, you're right. Like, it's you want to be mad at Belle. You want to be mad at her choices and how she is and how whatever. But then you just be like, wait, no. <laughs> the real monster here is anyone who has ever had any interaction with her. Her father. Rumpel. 
maybe Gaston, but he's a pretty rose now, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think that part of it is, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because we know where that story goes and we know where it ends. And it does not end with Belle kicking him to the curb forever. She kicks him to the curb for like five minutes at a time. Oh my God. Happens in this episode because, you know, she gets saved and then she chews out both her father and Rumple. It's like, I don't want to see any of you, any of you again. And by that, I mean, Rumple is going to find a way to see her again within 10 minutes, which really pissed me off because. Oh, that's an abuser move though. Yeah, exactly. That's right? the abuser move though. That's the, that's you, you say, yes. I respect your wishes, but I'm also going to give you something that endears you to me, but also doesn't seem like it's endearing you to me. It's such a, like, it's the moment I saw it, like, I started having, like, a fight or flight moment where you're just, (laughs) Yeah, because she doesn't treat it like that at all. No, she's like, oh, that's nice. Excellent. Yeah, because um, she's talking with Ruby, learning what pancakes are. And syrup. Oh my god, syrup. Because apparently they don't have those in whatever fairy tale French land that they were in. I thought they'd have like flat, you know, flat cakes or something, but whatever. Yeah. And she gets a gift and it is the key to the library, which I guess just means library's back in business and she's going to start getting paid a salary. So she goes in the the magical world of a very dusty, old, gross library where all the books are probably mildewy, but whatever. And then Rumble comes around the corner. I was like, red flag. No. If you want to give it to her, give it with a letter and give her some goddamn space. She said she didn't want to see you. This is like literally the next day. And to his very tiny, tiny credit, he does come clean and tells her the only person he's ever told besides August, because he thought August was Balefire. That the curse was to bring him to Storybrooke because that's where Balefire was. This is a big moment for for Rumple. It's also a big moment because he says, you know, he knows he's a coward. He's always been one. He'll always be one. And he uses magic to try and compensate for it. But it kind of comes across like I know I've got problems, babe, but I can change for you. I know I have problems, but I murdered my wife for them, so it's probably fine. You shouldn't work about it. I agree with you. I just want to we'll just make one point, and I don't want to super malign mildewy bookshops, because if someone gave me that bookshop, I would lose my mind. Like, that's the dream. All I want to do in my world is for capitalism to be okay with me having a used bookstore. Like, <laughs> I want to become independently wealthy so I can have a farm full of rescue dogs and cats and probably some other animals that I have no idea how to take care of. But for excess money to be coming through the the small secondhand bookstore that I run, and it just smells like old books, but they're all romance novels. Because if you've ever been to a secondhand bookstore, they're all romance novels. Right. Uh, that's the dream. Um. Anyway, yeah, I do. I appreciate as well the the rumple weirdness of being like, I'm a coward, but I use magic to compensate for that, and I don't think I should be punished for that. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, dude. Screw you, dude. Get out of my library. I own it now. It's mine. <laughs> and like, he turns to leave, and it almost feels like one of those like when the the cocky guy goes three, two, one. 
Because then Belle, like a dumbass, goes, hey, you want to go on a date sometime? But not even that. In the most infantile way possible, too. Have you ever heard of a cheeseburger? Do you want to, like, go try one with me? It's like, no. Go get a cheeseburger with Ruby. (laughs) Yes. Because if anyone is going to eat a cheeseburger properly, it's going to be... if. If someone was like, this is the sandwich or the anything, this is the hamburger that Ruby orders and she eats on the regular. This is the hamburger that Rumpel eats on the regular. I'm not even looking at the hamburger that Rumpel eats because it is 100% well done, has no condiments on it, is awful. And Ruby's <laughs> is probably the perfect temperature because it's like somewhere between like rare and medium rare. And that's that's where I like my jam. But and probably just like loaded with all kinds of awesome stuff. And no, anyway, I'm mad about this. I'm on <laughs> the I'm on the Ruby Bell ship, and I'm furious. Uh, oh, yeah. and like you'd mentioned the whole beast thing in this episode, we learned that she's regaining some of her wolfy abilities since the curse has been lifted, and magic has come back. So it's like it's looking looking pretty good, but so- it it doesn't happen. No, so, and I don't want to, I don't want super spoilers or anything, but I thought that there was an episode where, like, Ruby's wolfness goes nuts. Is that in this season? Because I thought it was, like, for some reason in the first season. Hmm. Like, I, I think, I, th- I, I think so. I feel I like it's I coming I remember up. an episode where, yeah, there's some wolfy stuff. And, like, I remember, like, her, like, meeting other wolves and like chilling so, with them. So like what I'm remembering, what I'm very specifically remembering, watch it be next week's episode. What I'm specifically mem- remembering is like Ruby in the alleyway, like or in an alley crying or something. Something's happening with Ruby and David is there. So it seems like it might be happening in this plot of time before Emma and Snow come back. But I'm remembering it being in Storybrooke and something's happening. So maybe she starts becoming a werewolf again. I thought that happened in the first season. Like, I felt like I was waiting for it forever. <laughs> and it, well, obviously it never happened. That would have been awkward. They're still their cursed selves. And he has a wolf. She just becomes a wolf. She just wakes up eating a steak completely rare. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I feel like Ruby was not on board with the whole, like, meat situation. Like, I feel like Ruby was ironically a vegetarian. Yeah, but that, that ship has sailed. Speaking yes. of ships. Yes. I think we're going to travel back. To the days of Rumple. Days of Rumple, girl. What are we talking about? We are talking about talking to pirates with eyeliner. Uh, so <laughs> it's like screw every- Rumple. We've got every- we've got other priorities. Everything else is C plot, D plot, E plot. Who cares plot? Uh, so Rumple. So, okay, so to be fair, this version of Rumple Stillskin, I feel super bad for because first of all. I don't know why someone would be the town coward. Is that a thing? Is that a job people have? Um, I mean... Not a job, but like a position. I know there's like town drunks and like town criers and town da 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 but what is a town coward? I, I feel like a big part of that is Mia projecting. Okay. Like, I feel like she... She believes everyone thinks he is the town coward for what happened in the Ogre okay. Wars. So we still have not seen. But I, I think okay. it, yeah, I think it comes from that. Okay. So, Rumple is in his home with Bay, And 
he's just like, where's, where's mom at? She wasn't with me. And he's like, mom must be at the bar drinking iced teas again. So we're going to go collect her. They go and she is playing pirate games, doing, having pirate time with the local pirates because they're apparently very close to a shore. So she is, you know, just having a great time. She's drunk. She's having a great time because she's not with her husband and she hates that guy. Cause I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's just a great time. And the whole time, my favorite part of this is that hook is there the whole time, but he barely says anything. He's just standing there staring. Like he says almost nothing. I don't think he says anything in this scene, but he's just there. Yeah, he's he's just saying piratey, like ah, another round, brah. And but that's all he needs to make an impression. Listen, shit, my husband's hanging out with that person at the bar. I'd be like, he's never coming home. <laughs> so I'd never get my husband back because he's hanging out with a pirate <laughs> with eyeliner. I know what my husband's interests are, but that would sell anybody. And so she is, I can't even tell if she's just drunk, brazen, or what she's doing, but she is just empowered by the pirate she's with. Rumple shows up and says, hey, honey, uh, you have responsibilities as a wife at our town cowardly home. Could you <laughs> come home, please? We have a son. You let me have sex with you once. He has, he is proof. Uh, and she's just, she tears him open in the better part of, I don't know, four sentences in a way that made me feel genuinely bad for him. Like, it's the kind of dress down where it doesn't matter what he did. You're just like, shit, no one deserves that. Holy shit. Because she's just like, I don't love you. I never loved you. You're a coward. You could never be a man like anybody at this table. Why don't you run home and do the dishes like a woman? Like, I mean, just short of just completely emasculating him. And just like, I'll run along. No one likes you. Oh, also, Balefire's right behind you and heard you say all that super shitty stuff to him. And that's what she regrets? I have a question for you. Okay. Do you, do you think Rumple? like brought balefire on purpose to to guilt her or like you know because i was no. wondering about that because it, it felt a little convenient it's like oh balefire what a coincidence you're I... here to 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 guilt your mother into coming no. home no i don't think this version of rumpelstiltskin is that cunning i think as mm. the dark one he would have done that but i think it was genuinely let's go find your mother and it was oh she's in this bar you need to stay here I'm going to go in and get her because the way he is acting is confusing because you're used to seeing a different version of him. And it's a very meek and he's just very like, Hey, like who is saying that in front of those people? Like, it's just a, Hey, can you come over here and let's talk about this privately? He is talking to her over the table at these people. Like, I think he has genuinely no idea that she has any disdain for him. Like he is just that clueless. And he's also terrified of her as the town coward would be. <laughs> Cause who's, who would be more afraid of their wife than the town coward? So. Fair. But he leaves and Balefire's there and it's just one of those. They have this talk afterwards. He's just like, I'm sorry I said that stuff in front of our son, but I've never loved you. Yeah, it's which like, is, I'm sorry I said it, but it's all true. Which, uh, listen, I honest, honestly, and I think the phrase I never loved you is such a shitty thing to say to a person because I... In most cases, it's not true. 
Like, there's a reason you're with this person. Like, uh, excluding, obviously, an abusive relationship or something of that nature. You're allowed to admit that you love somebody, but you're no longer in love with them. Your lives have diverged. You have different needs. That's fine. Just be like, I never loved you. So why the hell are you here? How did you get here? What happened? Because at no point was Rumpel some sort of king or some sort of Dutch. Or Dutch. Not, I was about to say Duchess. Uh, what's the... A duke. It's not like he held lands in which you were tricked into loving him. He was just a guy. Well, I mean, this this is supposed to be like the long, long ago. Maybe she was married to him by her father because he had some sheep. Like, it, well, I, but that said, at one point, like love takes many different forms. I, I, I think she's just trying. I, I feel like her telling him, I never loved you. I hate you. You're a coward. Is all her trying to justify her very bad decisions. Oh, She's yeah. about to make a horrible, horrible because decision. Because whether she loved him or not is one thing. I think the question is more, she just doesn't respect him anymore. Like, that's a different story. Like, my, my favorite line she says is, everyone else's husband went away and died and you had the <laughs> audacity to come back. <laughs> How dare you? I wanted. I was the about to live my best life as a widow. I wanted my widow's pension, bitch. What are you doing here? You're a monster. <laughs> like I get it. We'd be like, look, I loved you, but now you're a coward, and I can't find that attractive. That's a different conversation. But instead, she just, she just, she. I believe what you just said. Yes, she's projecting, but she's also just being unnecessarily rude. Because, as anybody will tell you, who's been in a long committed relationship, there are some things you cannot take back. You cannot, my personal belief, you cannot say the word divorce. I do not threaten divorce. I don't say it. I don't joke around about it. Because once you've evoked it, it's out there. It's out there and you can't take it back. That's where I'm at. Like, words have meaning, words hold power. So, you just, you can't, you can't take certain things back. You can't unfurt. So she, she like leaves in the middle of the night. No, no, she got kidnapped. Oh, I'm she sorry. Kidnapped. Yeah, she got kidnapped. Yeah, she gets yeah. Kidnapped. No, she's gone. She got kidnapped by the pirates. And then... And then the scene between Rumble and and Captain Hook, well, he's not Captain Hook yet, he's Killian Jones. This scene made me so uncomfortable. Even though he was lying. Oh, yes. No, this scene sucked. This scene was where it. you were just like, I hate this person, I hate him so much, because it was, Hi, hello. Oh, you saw me last night. Um, I think you have my wife. Ooh, weird. Can you let her come back? We have a son, and I don't know what he eats for dinner, so I'm going to need him to go back. Because he is just... This is a very, like, reminiscent of the, the, the mid-90s Hook with Robin Williams, where it's just, like, a cowardly guy trying to take on Hook. And Hook just like, well, if you want your children, fight for them. Fly. And... <laughs> Oh, they, does it. It's actually a really good point. I didn't really see the parallels, but it's 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 there. And a movie I'm obsessed with, so I noticed it immediately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. Hook or not Hook, Killian, Captain Killian Jones, uh, is just like, oh no, we kept her because well, my crew, <laughs> they have needs, and it's just like, ew, gross. No one likes this. Everyone hated this. Yeah, like and they're he, like they're like he's telling Rumble to his face, "I kidnapped your wife for sex trafficking." Yeah, like when, she is now a a she is now a sex trafficking victim 
just like five feet away and there's nothing you can do about it so bug off because yeah and then he's just like and rumble's like okay sorry for the trouble <laughs> see you later and like it's just because and then killian says something that i do believe has like of away from the part about the sex trafficking if we take all of that outside it, he understands what Mila is going through like it like Killian gets that like he was just like listen you don't love her she doesn't love you you're not gonna fight for her what the hell's the point because men fight for their women and it's manliness and Rumpel gets discouraged and leaves but hard cut to him being the dark one yeah just chilling at a bar just chilling at a bar a guy with a really oversized red cap which every time I see wait, I wait. think I need this I, I don't want to get too deep into Ladies Who Tavern, but I mean, <laughs> like, can you imagine me, like, going out for your girls' night? I mean, maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe you, maybe Mila was one of them for a while before she, that just was too easy for her and she had to get real no, hardcore No, the Ladies the Who Tavern, the Ladies Who Tavern, 86 Mila immediately. Like, they're shitting on your, <laughs> yes. they're shitting on your husband and then there's being a dickhead to your husband. And the ladies who tavern, don't deal with that. They love no, their no, husbands. No, don't yeah. give them a hard time. David, no. Dishes, mm-mm. Not him. Not my David. Love him to death, though. Milo, what did you say? Oh, he's a town coward and you never want to have sex with him? Get out of here. Who are you? Ew. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just can you imagine just like them sitting at their, their little, their little booth. Uh, maybe one of them is celebrating a, you know, a birthday. And no, uh, one hundred percent, the ladies who tavern are celebrating a half birthday. Yes, like, we, just, <laughs> we deserve this. <laughs> we deserve this. Let's do it. Did you wait? Wait, see? wait, wait, guys, it's guys. Fleet I'm, Week. The pirates are here. Wait, wait, guys. I've got, I've got the craziest idea. Oh my god, see, it, it, it's it's the dark. That guy over there. Where he's the dark one. We can ask him for things. Should we go there and make like a deal? Listen, he's, you can't just say he's the dark one because of his skin. Maybe he doesn't have a skincare routine. Don't be rude, no. Jessica. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, Not no, everyone. No. Ma- I, I want I want to make a deal. I want to, like, I want to guess, like, what, what deal are you going to make? What should I get? I don't what know. What deal are you going to make? What, what, you should, I, what should I ask for? I don't know. What are you going to need? What do you need? The only thing you've ever asked for in this world is more mimosas. And what possible price could you want to pay for that? My friend, <laughs> my friend, hey, my friend down the road, all she wanted, all she wanted in the world were shoes that didn't, that could tie themselves. Her husband's a lizard now. Explain that. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Mimosas always come at a price. <laughs> okay. Hey, move it on. I love the idea. I love the idea that one of the ladies who taverns pretends to be the dark one. <laughs> oh no oh that's so fantastic oh no oh that's fantastic so anyway we so uh rumble so, chilling at the tavern trying to ignore the the, the women in the corner who are, who are trying to get bottomless mimosas for the rest of time 4 30 in the afternoon on a tuesday and these women are causing a scene because uh, <laughs> Ru- even rumble knows like there there are things like he says all, you know He'll make a deal with anyone. He will not make a deal with them. No, he's just like, they start coming yeah. over there. He just disappears. Uh, I, I do also, like, just to continue with that bit, just one second before, I like the idea that somewhere in the middle of Smee and Rumpel's conversation, you just hear in the background, it's five o'clock somewhere. 
<laughs> so, so the, the to distill this conversation down because it is the SME conversation is just meh, whatever. Yeah, me, it's just whatever. like I am a person who finds things and may or may not in the future kidnap a woman in front of a library. I have a certain set of skills. I can get you a magic bean. And Rumble's like, mm, I don't think those exist. And he goes, they do. And I want you to give me eternal youth. So he's like, all right. Or Rumble's like, I can turn back the clock. But if you wrong me, I will turn forward the clock. He, he basically was just like, I'll make you a kid again. And and Smee is cool with that. And Gross. he doesn't ask any details. Like, does that mean he's going to just literally be a kid again? He'll forget everything he's ever done. Or is he going to go back but have the mind of a 40-year-old man inside a 10-year-old's body? So, I'm, I'm sorry. People say that's the ultimate fantasy. Like, oh, if I could go back then but know what I know now. No. No one wants that. No one wants you that. Can't, you can't have sex. You can't get a beer. Like, No. There is, there is no amount of, of money. Stuff. There is no amount of money you could pay me. To put my 34, almost 35-year-old brain into my 6th grade self. No amount of money. (laughs) Blissful unawareness is the only thing that made me survive middle school. Knowing what I know now would just, it would be awful. Like, you'd quit school, you'd go, like, live on a railroad. Because who cares? The world means nothing. And in 15, 25 years, there's going to be a global pandemic that no one will stop. Let's party! (laughs) So... Smee's just like, yeah, totally. Which obviously also means, by the way, we should never trust Smee with a monkey's paw because it's like, I want to be young forever. And it's just, ah, nah, what are all these things? <laughs> this leads to Smee leaves. And the waitress is just like, oh, are you ready to go? I was like, yeah, I do think I'm ready to go because those ladies in the corner are being super loud and super rude <laughs> annoying. I would also like to talk to your manager. And then Killian Jones struts in, and like one, all of the ladies who tavern, he also decided to stay for another drink the moment Killian walked in. She's like, ooh, <laughs> who's the man in the in the eyeliner, the waterproof eyeliner? I will stay for another drink. Buy one for him on me, because he recognizes you cannot forget the face of Killian Hook. No. And he, so he then like puts on the, cl- there's this whole thing where he just like, runs into Hook or Killian later. He was like, yeah, he pretends to be a beggar trying to get money from him on the street. The very big CGI old school one spot a dive street that I love, I love that so, so much. much. I love it so much. And Killian's just like, oh, you being rude, homeless man, which the Killian I know would never be rude to a homeless man, but character growth, I suppose. Or poor writing in the beginning from the jump when they didn't know he was going to be seen again. He was just like, that was very rude. Let's duel, old man. <laughs> Rumple just like takes off his cloak. I know you. Yay. They basically start dueling. Killian reveals that Mila is dead. She died a long time ago. Who knows? Whatever. But Rumple still wants to like fight him. So he just says, Fine, I will fight you tomorrow. I will let you get your affairs in order because I am not cruel. But I also and he keeps want to be TikTok. TikTok. And he does make fun, and and Killian does say the thing because he turns around, and he's like, "Oh, you're such an old man," and he take, he looks over, and Killian sees his his complexion, and then like a like a sixth grade bully just says, <laughs> "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see your skin there. You don't have a moisturizing thing, so I'm just gonna start calling you crocodile." Jesus, Killian, 
It's the ugliest effing I, skirt I've ever seen. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Rumple being the beast to Belle's beating the beast, but there's multiple reasons for that. I actually really like this hook crocodile yes. dynamic that they established that lasts for a very long time. Like, I it's do a too. key part of his story. And I feel like this is a fantastic reinterpretation of what could be a very silly part of the Peter Pan story, which is just this crocodile that chases him around and make it rumble. It makes perfect sense to me. I like, I do this. I do like, I like the, again, with a lot of once upon a time, I do like how they kind of sometimes pivot what storylines are. Sometimes they make a swing and a mix. Miss, uh, little Bo Peep mafia boss. <laughs> oh my god, with the with the hook that can trap people's souls. Oh my god! But sometimes they make the right choice when it's a little bit smaller, where it's just like we can't have an actual crocodile, guys. So here's what we're gonna do instead. Like they they for every real good diamond they come up with, they come up with a few turds. This was one of the diamonds. I do like this. I like that it carries on, and I just like hearing Colin say crocodile. I could listen to him say constantly. <laughs> Uh, and so they, they duel on the ship. They come up. Rumble, one of my favorite rumble lines is, is like, I couldn't resist the irony of killing a man with his own sword. So that's a poetic shit. Like, awesome. They fight. They have a good time. There's like, there's a, he's just like, oh, in this one hand that I have, uh, it's definitely the bean. So rumple. Because Mila shows up. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Sorry. I got to hear myself. Yes. Mila shows up and she's just like, oh, I've been alive the whole time. I made up the kidnapping story. Uh, Very Patty Hearst style. I just wanted to like run away with these guys. Like it was so much great. But she's like, I'm the real captor or not captor. Sorry. I'm the real coward. I couldn't tell you really how I felt. I'm like, I'm sorry. In that first scene we saw with you, you 100% told him how you really feel. You hate him. You don't want to be with him anymore. And you'd like to leave for pirates. Pretty cut and dry. But she <laughs> takes the cowardly way out because then Rumple says something that guts me as a as a mother, where he's just like, I had to go back and tell our son. Because again, she never asks about him. This is why I hate Mila so much. She doesn't ask about Bay. She doesn't ask anything else. She's just in it for her own self-interest. And I hate it. Uh and so, she so one thing I will the one thing I will say to that, like it's bad. But I I did appreciate the 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 twist that they put on this because so often you hear stories about like the delinquent dad. It's such it's a trope. Correct. Know? Like the dad doesn't stick around. And it's in this case it's the mom doesn't stick around. And one thing I, I appreciated was that it went a little bit into how it affected the child, but it wasn't like you're the mother. You can't do that. The father can, but the mother can't. They didn't go too deep into that, which I appreciated. Yes. yes. Because it's bad no matter what. If you're a parent, don't don't abandon your child. Just don't do it. But the show did make an effort to not play into the sexist tropes. It kind of subverted it a little bit, and I appreciated that. I do. Agreed. Because, again, I didn't... I. Not that I didn't notice it, but I also didn't notice that it was there. You know what I mean? Like, I think if they would have done that, I'd have been all pissed off. But they didn't do it. It was mostly between Mila and Rumple, And she doesn't care about him anymore. And she just, she thinks, you know, I don't know, 
So Rumple cuts off Killian's hand. The hand that he thinks the bean is in. And Mila's, oh no, oh no. Well, actually, that happens it, do after... I flip him? Do I flip yeah. him? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So no, he, he goes after Mila first because Mila offers the bean in exchange for their lives. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And then he kind of like takes it back because he's a, not a happy camper. Well, he takes it back and he takes her heart. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to take yeah, that yeah. back. I'm going to take the heart back. I'm going to take the bean back. I take everything because I'm the dark one. Takes her heart and is obviously struggling with it. And Killian is like holding her in her death throes. And she's like, I love you so much. It's all very like Jack and Rose. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you so much. Never let go. And Killian's like, oh my God, I love you so much. And Rumpel crushes her heart. Again, I don't remember him actually killing her. I thought something else happened. I don't remember what I thought happened, but I didn't think it was this. He crushes her heart. She dies. Killian gets angry, goes towards him, cuts his hand off, and uh, Rumpel leaves. He's just like, I gotta go. See you later. Yeah. This now that was I've like... killed my wife, and or my ex-wife, or my estranged wife. Yeah, this is really very dark. It's and... very dark. It kind of makes you see Rumple in a new way, even for him. Yeah. That in that even though he is the dark one, he's this he as he describes it, he's an immortal being. And no one else can be an immortal being like him, at least in this world. But at the same time, if he gets into one of his nasty temper moments, he he might, you know, kill his wife. That's that's not cool. Yeah, this was this was one of those this is the dark one and when he is wronged he will not he won't even make any considerations like cuz I believe at this point Bay is gone. Like I don't mm-hmm. remember if we mm-hmm. have the, yeah. So Bay is gone. So he's already just like he's lost his mind. He's he's mad. He's he it's just whatever. And he just straight up kills her. Like he finds out she's alive and then 5 minutes later kills her ass. And just for good measure kills her boyfriend's or cuts her boyfriend's hand off just like haha take that um and this is this is a hard one to come back from like regina does some weird stuff but i don't think ever to this i'm prepared to eat my words but i don't think she ever does anything to this caliber this is some big well she did kill her father in the first episode the same way she took she ripped out his heart but didn't she so not she, kill him? Wait, no, she did. She killed him so she, she could did. enact the curse. She had to to cut wow. out the heart of the thing she loved most. I thought I was going to have to eat my words a couple episodes from now. Interesting. It turned around thirty seconds later. You're right. <laughs> I mean, neither of them are okay. And and I, I mean, they're both very bad. They're both very bad. Okay, but there is just something to what Rumple does in combination with everything else he does that just makes it worse. Because, like, I was looking at some reviews of this episode for when it came out, which, by the way, are largely extremely positive, and I was very surprised. Listen, that much eyeliner on Killian, it doesn't do anything. It's just like, this episode, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, I, I guess everybody had, like, clouded judgment because of Killian Jones, which, you know what? Fair. It's okay. But, like, people were talking about how this was much like We Are Both, where Regina was getting her start of her possible redemption. This one's doing the same thing for Rumpel. I agree to disagree because no, that's not how I see it because Rumpel does things in this episode in the past and in the present. I don't think there's any coming back from. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, 
I think what he does in the past, yeah, is not not kosher. But I think even in the present, and I, I don't know how much of this I'm viewing, again, with the fresh eyes of 2020. Or just the current present state. It's a, it's a different world. It's a different age of television. Uh, so a lot of that stuff just wasn't considered. I don't think they would have considered it now, but I think the, the reviews would have reflected it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, that, that it, Rumpel's Redemption, they they do attempt for it, and I'll be interested watching forward to see how they do with it, because I've, I know that they do better with Regina. They go back and forth a little bit, but with Rumpel, especially seeing the foundation they're laying for Belle, like, Mila, at least as a character, she was kind of a shithead, but she was a stronger character. <laughs> Just yeah. terrible. We only get her for like an episode and maybe like one later. But it's just like she knows what she wanted. She left. She was kind of a she was a dick about what she did, but she she knew she couldn't change Rumble, so she left. That's what you do. Belle, go. <laughs> he will learn nothing if you don't also leave. He just thinks that you're better better than Mila because you're sticking around. Anyway. Anyway, this cuts to uh, Rumple in the future, Mr. Gold tracking down Smee because he finds his little hat. He's just like, where's your boss? I would like to know where your boss is. He's just like, shit, I don't know. I've never seen him here. And then we get our we get our big ending. Yes, because um, because Smee at the end of the episode joins Hook's crew because they take the bean that that um, that Hook had had hidden away. Uh, because because uh, Rumpel was trying to get it so that he could find Bellfire. That's like oh, no, why that he was... wanted the bean. And he's like, "We're going to Neverland. Bye forever." Except no, because I'm about to become a major character. Hooray! We're <laughs> getting excited. He definitely had this. Just like, let's go. We're going to Neverland. We're going to live forever. <laughs> but well, I mean, he's getting what he wants. He's he's never going to age. Yeah, that's, what he that's wants. great. But I do like yeah, like because basically, Killian tries to like he grabs the first thing he can. Gr- grab to 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 kill rumple and he actually gets it through him he puts a hook straight on through him uh but obviously that's not gonna kill rumple and rumple laughs yeah. and, leave, and then he leaves and then so obviously hook's just like well shit i'm gonna put this hook on my hand uh but they go to neverland <laughs> they cut to now 30 years later mm-hmm. or four or however long it's been since the mila incident uh and he's talking to cora yeah and they totally like fucked right Oh, 100%. Yeah. These are these are lovers. Ex-lovers, there is no baby. way there is no way a person like Cora looked at Killian and went, "I cannot. I'm not going to not ha- just no, no way. Not <laughs> even a chance. Not even a chance." Yeah, no. Yeah, cuz cuz yeah, they're chilling on the beach taking a look at the last survivors refuge in the enchanted forest and uh Cora has a plan to get them out so that uh she can get her daughter back. And that uh, Hook can finally get his crocodile, and they laugh maniacally. At least they did in my mind. And dun dun dun. And I love how occasionally this episode, like when Killian gets the looks at the Hook, or when he's getting ready to go to Neverland, it plays this very cheesy Captain Hook esque music. We're pirates, and I was like, this seems so out of tune. For once upon a time, but I love it. Oh, I love it. They were having a good time because they were just like, shit, man, we're never going to see these pirates again. And it was just like, oh, no, they're going to be major deep characters for the rest of this series. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like this because this very end scene is just 
Cora and Hook dealing with each other, having this nice conversation, being like, yes, we will do these things. It will be amazing. But my favorite part is just the nonsense things. Like, obviously, every show about fiction is going to say some, like, random stuff. But it had a very, like, when people talk about the supernatural finale and they say things that happen and you're just like, none of the words you just said made any sense. When it's just like, oh, Cora, do you have any plans to get back to where we're supposed to be going? Yes. In this jar here, I have the remnants of a bookcase. But I need more to make us be able to have a portal. It's like, everything you just said is nonsense. But I understood every single bit of it. What is happening? <laughs> I love this oh. show. Uh, so I, yeah, I so never watched a lick of Supernatural, but... Oh man, I I very much enjoyed the discourse over the series finale. I, where a car got to go to heaven. Let me ex- let me let me expose myself here, but I was definitely on Tumblr during the Sherlockian who whatever nonsense of Supernatural when it was the thing. When every third person at a comic con convention was either Deadpool. Or Cass, like it was just like I could either afford, I could either put myself in a in a Deadpool outfit, or I'm gonna get myself a trench coat with wings. These are my options. That's what it was. It was the height of Supernatural. I never watched an episode, but I knew everything about it just based on people posting and talking about it. Like it was just like you couldn't avoid it, especially on Tumblr. And also, I have a friend who actually knows Misha Collins personally because she worked with him on Gwishes and did all that other fun stuff. So it was just very like part of my sphere. And then. I just, I watch none of it. I've watched no episodes. And then watching the discourse about the season finale has just been a treat. Like, it's just like, this is like the weird chapter ending that happened seven years later. Because my husband even said it. We were, he was scrolling through the channel the night of the Supernatural finale. And he goes, Supernatural? It's like nine. And he goes, that's a primetime spot. I'm like, yeah, this is a finale. And he goes, there's no way the show is still airing. I'm like, it is. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? It's a million years old. Uh, yeah. So, uh, cheers by the way, to our supernatural fans who are having an existential crisis this week. It's, it's game of Thrones bad, but we can't talk about it cause we've never watched it. So I can't, we can't expose on it. Car um, goes to heaven. It's all I need to know. It's an Impala. Impalas are great. <laughs> We've had like five in my family and that we give them away, not because they break down, but because we're just tired of them. They live that long. Well, anyway, uh, that yeah. was season two, episode four of Once Upon a Time, the Crocodile. Crocodile. And, uh, and I mean, I, it's, it's a 50-50 episode for me. All the bell rumple stuff, it was making me very upset. Yes. Very upset. But all the, the rumple stuff in the past, as as ugly as it got as complicated and nasty as it got at times i really liked it mm-hmm. i thought it was a good story and the layers that they continue to to pour on rumple's character and his origin story are just really good like they spent so much time building who rumple was i i feel like what they're miss and this is very apparent in this episode what they're missing is who rumple is and who he will be Mm-hmm. They didn't bother figuring that out. They don't, like, I think they don't figure it out for the whole show. They have no idea. Like, that's that's the problem. They they keep trying to be like, I think, and honestly, and we get, we'll dissect this as we go, but it's just one of those, whenever they try to steer him into the center, where it's just like, he's super evil, but we need to get him towards the middle where he's kind of gray area. They don't know how to react to him. Like, they they just, they don't know how to write that character. Which is fine, 
just stop trying to do it. Just put him over here and do that. We don't have to redeem every bad guy. We just don't. It's one of my the things I don't like about television right now. Like every bad guy does not have to have a good version of them. Like they're we don't have to redeem them. We don't have to all like them. It's just some some Chevy and Paulas go to hell. Like you know, yeah, you know what? You yeah, sometimes they suck. Okay, sometimes the palace suck. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I really enjoyed this episode. Obviously, uh, the introduction of of Miss Captain Killian Jones, and I, one of the things that that is little hit or miss with the season, and it kind of keeps going if if I remember correctly about how it goes. But it's just like the curse that they're trying to break is only really serious to Rumple. Like, they're, everyone sort of knows the dangers, but they're alive and well and have their memories back, so there's not really a pressing thing. The only one that's pressed for anything is Charming, because he wants his daughter and his his wife back. Mm-hmm. And they're on their own adventure doing, God knows what, just repercussions from the thing before. Uh, yeah, the season two conflict is, a, is, is Rumpel's disaster of his own making. Yes. And dealing with the fallout, because that's what season one never did. Like, season one was like, hey, here's... We we brought everybody over here. You're all living your your worst life here in 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 the United States, and it's terrible. But they never talked about what happened to the land that they left. Now we're exploring that, for better or worse. That's what we're exploring. And you know what? That's a that's a good way to expound on the story, which I never would have thought of. You know what I mean? Like it's just like mm-hmm. I just assumed it was a crater. So this is an interesting way, in a way that does make sense as as far as they've explained it so far. Uh, so again, I this is good. The Rumple stuff again, mostly because I'm now realizing how shallow Belle's character is and it's infuriating me but yeah well next week we're gonna get another interesting or no I don't think this is actually an origin story but we will get another piece of the puzzle because next week is called The Doctor (gasps) yes this is the episode where they're like hey you know what you think you know about this show F you it's different We're also this is definitely now that now the there's Halloween a world in episode. black and white for some reason. We're going there. This is also randomly what I assume I have to look it up, but I would assume it was like the Halloween episode because it's super weird and dark and they kind of never talk about it again. Like actually I, I, I think you're right. Let me see real quick. I remember yeah, this episode. October, ooh, this aired on my birthday in 2012, October 28th. So this was oh. very much a Halloween episode. I remember this episode very clearly. I know exactly what happens at least with one of the plots and it is dark as hell i love it i'm so excited <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of once upon a timing a uh, special thank you to our patrons especially our snow queens that would be lisa slack patrick stevens jacob Fulcalt, paul brian sanina blake brinkley matt leclerc and zach chobanoff if you are interested in becoming one of our patrons you can head to patreon.com slash oua timing you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA Timing. We are also on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with season two, episode five, The Doctor. And before we go, Abby, I just have one more question for you. What? What are you thankful for? Ooh, I am thankful not ironically and not ironically for my family's continued health we have been quarantined for the last two weeks and we are coming out of it scot uh just clean i don't know what you want to call it scot free i thought i was about to say uh but yes yeah, so i we are we are definitely in a very very good 
I miss my family. Obviously, we are not traveling for Thanksgiving this year. I am cooking a 16-pound turkey for two adults and a child who probably won't eat it because he's already told me he won't eat it. Four-year-olds, they're very precocious. Uh, but we are all happy and healthy, and that is all I could ask for in this disaster of a year. And you? Pretty much the same thing. I mean, I'm I'm thankful for for health and and relative happiness in 2020, and uh, thankful that 2021 is you know looking a little bright. We have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tough times to get through. I think in the next couple of months, uh, everyone, please stay safe, wear your masks, and socially distance. And if you're doing things with your family for the holidays, please keep them safe because we want you to be safe. Um, but yeah, you know, 2021, we got a lot of good things coming around the corner including a new little baby dragon which we are very excited about i need a vaccine i want to hold this baby dragon <laughs> i want to hold <laughs> this baby dragon when it is only just like weird and fleshy and not i love newborn babies so much like it's just like regular babies just whatever but newborn babies you're just like why does this exist this seems too <laughs> fragile to exist in the world uh and also i also i have a I have a photo. I'm only going to explain it. I'm not going to share it. But there's a photo of of your husband, our lovely Tim, holding my son. And my son is looking at him like, dude, why are you holding me? This is so dangerous. <laughs> is he holding great. him bad? This was when we did our... No, he was just holding him and he was all excited. But for some reason, my kid's face was that of just like shock. I will have to find it again. Uh, but it was when we you were at my house and we did the Facebook Live for yes. this show yes uh and it was just one of those yeah tim can watch baby dragon while we record and it mixed results <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember that all right well everyone thank you again for joining us have a happy thanksgiving and a safe one as well and abby we will see you next week see you next week beth